0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Yes, indeed. It is the get right right here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers One o five three. the fan. Reginald Dattatula sitting alongside fan phenom winner Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Shout out to Chris Strong and the ones and twos. And shout out to you. However you're listening, wherever you're listening. Appreciate you making us a part of your Thursday evening. You can always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053, where uh, from the 806, they say, I didn't realize the, uh, the upper part in Michigan was part of the U.S. until I moved there. Interesting. Interesting. was we just like, is that, is that Canada? You got a
2: passport and everything. Yeah, is that Canadian? Yeah.
1: Uh, as, as it pertains to geography, um, I was, it took a little while. And I felt a little embarrassed when I realized, oh, like, Detroit is, like, right next to Canada. Like, right next to Canada. Like,
2: right next to Canada. Yeah, like, and a whole city on the other side. Yeah, other side of the river. It's crazy.
1: Yep. Um, coming up next, in about 20 minutes, we will talk with Nick Angstad, who's the channel manager at Locked On Mavs. Uh, catch up with him on how he views the Mavericks currently. Uh, nine and three Mavs at that. Balling. Fantastic. But right now... These Dallas Cowboys, I mean, look, they're coming up to play the Panthers at noon um, on Sunday. In fact, remember, we've got your coverage right here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys, 105 through the fan coverage will start at 9 a.m. with uh, Eric and Chiafalo and Brian Broaddus on the Dallas Cowboys pregame show. They'll have some great guests throughout the course of this. Um, and so, you know, this, this game looks like uh, we kind of know how this should end, right? Barring some crazy unforeseen um you know things Cowboys should come out of this with a win for sure for sure but there's still a lot of things to look forward to and honestly it should be a blowout and so i kind of wanted to ponder what are the things that during a blowout um you find a way to enjoy because i know for me and i wonder how it is for you you guys um when it comes to sports look the results are one thing and that's cool but um I come to sports for like an enjoyment factor and I hope I imagine that most everybody does as well. Um, And so you turn on one of these games, particularly as your favorite team. I imagine you want to enjoy it to start. And so with a blowout or with a game that you kind of know should be a blowout from the start, what are the things that you try and that try and uh, keep your spirits about, and what are the things that maybe you would hope to see that would help you even enjoy some more as we continue through the course of this this game? Of course. So the the, the biggest kind of um, splinter in the Cowboys
3: this year has obviously been the run game, but also the red zone offense at times yeah. has faltered. So I would love to see kind of the red zone offense play calling more so. I would love to get in the end zone, but I'm more worried about what is the play calling going to be down there in the, end, or in the red zone? Are we going to have some run plays, some trick plays? We saw C.D. Lamb score with a little jet sweep action last week. So I'm just kind of curious to see where the play calling is this week and seeing what kind of players. This will definitely be hopefully a game where you see a Cooper Rush. You see a Brooks. You see some guys towards the end, a Deuce Vaughn. So kind of those young guys getting an opportunity that injuries happen again. So we got to see what young guys are going to be ready to step up if they were to happen. And this is one of those games where you're probably going to see a good amount of guys that you wouldn't usually see.
1: Seeing young guys is a is always an interesting thing, like finding ways to get excitement, especially if you have an investment. Like I know Deuce Vaughn, there's a lot of folks that are invested Deuce. in seeing him play. Yeah, you hear the, you hear the chance no matter where. Uh, they're playing, and so yeah, it'd be cool if you could see Deuce Vaughn in this one, especially if he could be effective. But you were mentioning the run game; uh, it would be very enjoyable any time that they can have some level of effective running. That'd be really fun to keep this uh, keep their level of interest in this. I guess we could take the easy easy road is just watching Dak Prescott do similar things to what we've seen before. Like if he continues to torch this thing, uh, that will be enjoyable. Whether it's uh, five. Or a seven to nothing, or if it's you know forty-seven to nothing. I'm I'm intrigued in seeing them run it up offensively when it comes to passing this ball. And we touched on it earlier in the segment. If you were tuning in, this Panthers
3: pass defense—that's the strength of their team. So I feel like this is honestly one of the better secondaries that the Cowboys have faced in the last couple weeks. So it'll, I actually think their secondary is better than the Eagles. The Eagles have more household names, but I think the secondary is better. So it'll be interesting to see. How Dak um, deciphers throughout this game. I don't think it's obviously going to be tough, but I'm I, also at the same point. CD Lamb to see if he can keep the streak going. And like we saw, he's been getting a lot of guys involved: a Cooks, a Ferguson. And I, me personally, I want to see Brooks go off again. I love what I saw from Brooks.
1: Oh, you're waiting for the Jalen Brooks experience? I am. I'm here for it. Okay, that's interesting. Um, from the two one four. Someone said, I sit there and I yell at Mike McCarthy and Dak to stop throwing the ball to Schoonmaker because Ferguson is my fantasy football tight end and Schoonmaker sucks. Uh, look, I don't want to say all that, but like I get it. Look, fantasy football is a funny one because I've stopped personally playing fantasy football for the time being. I might get sucker back in next year. It really is a year to year proposition for me. Um, I decide if I really want to play. And then, you know, the next year I usually am just like, no, nah, I'm not going to play again. Um, But one thing about it is I bet if you're playing fantasy football, watching that guy on your team, even in a blowout, keep getting that football feels great. And I guess I had not considered the other side of that, which is even if he's not getting the football, it's something. It's something to make you feel something. You know how they're like, it makes me feel something, even if it's something negative. I imagine that's where you are, right? You just watch them be like, look, get the ball to my guy. I, I also, I think fantasy football is a good point
3: to get people interested that maybe is a little bit of a snoozer of a game. But me personally, as a fan, I'm kind of excited to see what Bryce Young does. I mean, mm. we, we get to see the number one overall pick. We're going to see him comfortable at home. Play calling has been going back and forth. And he's going against probably one of the best, if not the best, pass rushes he's going to see all year. So excited to see if he can get something going just from a fan perspective. Obviously not at the expense of the Cowboys and them losing. But i like to see what that young talent does and what he can do with those weapons.
1: Uh, or this, lack thereof. This, yeah, I I do want to see more Bryce Young, but the tough part about it is that he is probably going to be under siege. Yeah. In this one, obviously, this Dallas Cowboys pass rush is a monster, in this uh, Carolina Panthers offensive line, bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's, bad. it's not very good. And so while he has bright, he being Bryce Young has thrown better under pressure, like against the blitz. It's not like he's been great. Obviously, anybody against the blitz is going to be tough, and so. This isn't the situation where you go, hey, let's see if he, Bryce can get it going because this is going to be real adversity that he's going to be under. And we, one of the things we understand, and maybe this is the other side of this, and I don't know if this will keep me entertained all the way through the game in and of itself, but ju- just getting to appreciate how bad the circumstances is around him because some sometimes you need to figure out that portion of it as well and figure out uh, if this is a Bryce Young issue or if this is, you know a a situation issue and how much of each it is and so i imagine we're going to get an opportunity to feel some of that out because as it currently sits it feels like miles sanders obviously is there to run the football adam thielen or the whatever remains of adam thielen at this point um is out there and that's about it and so i'm intrigued to see how that actually works and how that actually goes um let's see from the let's see let's see let's see um i missed there oh
3: Breaking down the film from Bryce, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just think he doesn't have happy feet back there. He's still poised. He's going through his reads. Just guys are not getting open. The scheming is not great. He's got no time back there. But if you see even on well, times and of the side, that's not true. Sacks, He doesn't
1: necessarily. Have, he
3: he likes to hold the football. Bryce Young likes holding the football. I don't want to say he's. That's what I'm saying. He's not a bust. I'm not saying he's a top ten quarterback. But I'm just saying people are ready to give up on him because they just see the record. They see the completion percentage record. He's bad. He's still going through his reads. He's in a not great situation. And I think Cowboys fans are going to see up close how bad those situations are. And when you got Micah Parsons coming at you and DeMarcus Lawrence, it doesn't make it any better.
1: Chris, uh, how do you kind of keep some of these blowout games interesting for yourself?
2: Yeah, I think Blake was really on point when it comes to individual performances, uh, keeping us interested late in these games coming up. C.D. Lamb, of course, the streak. If he could get that to four games, I mean, that is beyond historic. And, of course, as well, I mean, we're looking at Jake Ferguson. Can he continue the good run that he's been on? Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon Cooks. I mean, Brandon Cooks had an elite, elite performance against the Giants. Can he get another 100-yard-plus game? So, all of these individual performances, can they rack up the yards once again?
1: For sure. And I guess to add on top of that, can Dak Prescott do it again? Because... Against the Carolina Panthers, if Bra- if Prescott puts up another 300-yard passing yards and three touchdowns, he'd be just the fourth player uh, to do that in four consecutive games. And the players that he'd be joining, um, Patrick Mahomes, Steve Young, Peyton Manning, all right? Like that's that's an Pretty elite class company. of quarterbacks. Now, of course, you could say whoever the competition is, but there's there's been all sorts of competition over time, and those are the three guys who have done it. So, I mean, that'd be a fantastic accomplishment to to get, and I guess we can watch that as it happens. 300 doesn't feel like, I feel like even in a blowout, 300 might come relatively quick. Like, 300 you might hit midway through the third quarter, and then we're just like, all right, well, but hey, get me through the third quarter. That's not a problem. From the two and four, they definitely agree with you, though, Chris. Brandon Cooks, seeing Brandon Cooks get active again. I also kind of want to see some more Jalen Tolbert. Um, I know Michael Gallup has had a little bit of uh, some showing last couple of weeks. It's not been, like, super uh, amazing, but he's, he's done some things. He's, uh, you know, gone up and gotten some contested footballs. I kind of want to see Jalen Tolbert continue to progress as well. Uh, that's a dude that you, you drafted pretty highly, and then his rookie year, he just was nonexistent for you. He's, he's found a way to get on the field now, but I would love to see the progress continue for him. And hopefully, maybe become an op- or have an opportunity to become your wide receiver three towards the end of the year or going into next season.
3: Yeah, I want them, the Cowboys to continue their dominance. I don't want them to play down to their competition, in which they have not done this year. So I just hope that streak keeps up of getting little bitty things like the defense going. We got uh, we lost in this year or this week. So seeing how they respond to that. The, the Panthers are still going to try to win this game, guys. Now, obviously, we have more firepower, way better team, way better skill positions, but it's not like the Panthers are going to roll out there at home and just say we lost the game because the Cowboys are better than us. So it's still going to be, you know, an NFL game. And might I add, the last time they played, October 3rd, great day, 2021, they actually lost 36-28. to 28, So it's in their head, you know. They did lose the last time they matched up, albeit two years ago. Probably be a different result this year, but margin of victory and personal victories will be what I'm looking for
1: now I think this is a really interesting question that comes up on the truckwreck.com text line from the 817 who says why won't we give Trey Lance snaps in a blowout game and I know somebody else uh or no that's also the 817 who said "Look, Cowboys go out by a whole bunch give Trey Lance some snaps uh, well, typically, he's not made active. Yeah, typically, emergency QB. They're having two quarterbacks active. That's Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush. And there was actually a really interesting debate about this on Cowboys Media Mash, where I know that Saad Youssef, who covers the Cowboys for The Athletic as well, uh, he was he had kind of mentioned that offhand at some point. And him and, I believe, Nui Scruggs and Clarence Hill and Jean-Jacques Taylor, they were kind of talking about that prospect. And one of the things they ultimately settled on, and I kind of want to get your opinion on this, is the idea of, look, man, they get paid too. This is the NFL. You can't really take those kinds of games. You can't really take those types of risks as a coaching staff, right? You can't really play the games that we on the outside and we in the media play where we're like, well, you'll be up and then, you know, we get the chance to be flippant and nonchalant about these things. Oh, you'll be up and you'll win. As a coaching staff, you have to treat this like this is another game. We have to go in prepared to win because, I mean, obviously, and this is where you want to knock on wood or cross fingers or whatever, what happens if your starting quarterback ends up getting hurt before you even get a chance to get up, right? Um, then you have this guy in Trey Lance, and not to say anything negative about Trey Lance himself, but this is a guy that on your depth chart you have as your third quarterback, and unless you're going to keep three quarterbacks and then limit yourself another place on the on the roster where also injuries can happen, or you are only going to play have two quarterbacks and not have your backup quarterback that you trust to put into a game, um it's just it's not something that is done reasonably and even though like in theory that'd be cool you get him some snaps you get him an opportunity i don't know that that's something that a coaching staff would really do
3: i think you hit it right on the nail i think it's easy for fans to be like well get him some minutes get him out there get him some time to get us a look of what what he looks like but if, if you saw mccarthy's interview he's taking this game seriously he doesn't want this to feel like arizona we probably thought the same thing oh it's just arizona they're the worst team in the league. We can just roll anyone out there and win. And we didn't win that game. This is still an NFL game, like I just said. They're taking this like they got to get another win on the board. And they wanna, they wanna progress this offense. They don't want to just win. They want to see fastest. They actually turned the ball over twice last week. McCarthy wants perfect perfect football, and he's gonna try to get that with his starting starting group out there. He's not just going out there like, now if they have the regular season record locked up, it's last week of the season, that's a different story. We're still in the good half of the football to be played. They still got to prove to themselves, to the coaching staff, that each player deserves a position to be out there come playoff time.
1: And from the 8-6-0, they said they feel like it would cause problems with team chemistry if Trey Lance did well. Um, I don't know. I feel like this team is very well behind Dak Prescott, particularly. And not to say that this is specifically what did it, but I mean, especially coming off of the heels of the the last month or so that he has had. Like I don't know that anybody – you just see a, a spark in garbage time and go, well, now this needs to shift up. Now uh, you talk about us out here. Yeah. Uh, everybody outside. Y'all like getting a little spicy. Remember when uh, Cooper Rush had that time where the Cowboys went 4-1 and one while yep. he was quarterbacking? Yep. Y'all started getting a little crazy about it. That's good coaching,
3: though. That's good coaching. Putting him in the right situation.
1: And look, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like wipe away what you're talking about. I would love Trey Lance to get some snaps somewhere because this is the thing about Trey Lance. You went and got a quarterback who clearly needs to play football without an opportunity to play him at football, and that was why that move was kind of odd. But it. I just don't know that that's pragmatic in a way, a proper way to go about things. At least when it comes to the NFL and the ways in which coaches typically respect the game. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, those are kind of some of the things that you guys said that you, you help enjoy during uh, blowouts that kind of happen. because, look, you look at that schedule. And, again, we're not trying to count chickens before they hatch. However, you look at that schedule over the next few weeks, and it is three games in 12 days, but the games aren't necessarily the hardest, at least when you talk about this, when you talk about the commandos on Thanksgiving. Um, but, anyways, we'll continue to talk about this. And, of yes course, remember, sir. your Cowboys take on the Carolina Panthers. 12 noon on Sunday, and you can hear that right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we'll talk to front of the show, Nick Angstadt from Locked On Mavs about your Dallas Mavericks. We'll do it next on 105.3 The Fan.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: So get right on 105.3 The Fan, Reginald Datatula. Blake Elliott, The Fan Phenom winner in. Talk to me. I was like... I didn't know if he's going to let me get it, man. Have I not? I've, I've no, you have. i will give you the you space. Have. I try. You have. I try. I appreciate you being in here with me on this Thursday evening. appreciate you all listening with us. On 105.3 The Fan, Chris Sean giving you the tunes, giving you the vibes on Vibesies. this night as well. Um, where was I going to go? Oh, I wanted to give you all an update on the football game that, of course, goes away from my screen as soon as I wanted to look at it. 21-13 to 13 is the score in favor of the Ravens. Remember, Joe Burrow leaves this one early due to a hand injury um, that seemed to be exacerbated. Apparently, Amazon Prime, who obviously broadcasts Thursday Night Football, showed that video that we talked about previously that yep. the Bengals had... Um, had put on their social media that had him wearing some level of brace. They actually broadcast that, even though the Bengals ultimately deleted that post. So uh, a little bit of an NFL uh, espionage and intrigue over the course of the day uh, ultimately made it to the broadcast. Kind of interesting that way.
3: Hey, the Bengals are hanging in there, though. They're only down by, what, seven, eight points right now with no Joe Burrow. So obviously you hope for his health to get better. But Jake Browning holding the ship at least afloat, and hopefully your defense can – Hold you in this game.
1: Well, to be fair, the score was 10 to 7 before Joe Burrow leaves in favor of the Bengals. And so the Bengals have only put up three points, a single field goal with Joe Burrow or not with Joe Burrow, with Jake Browning, two JBS, uh, with Jake Browning on the field. And ultimately, uh, that's the score right now, 21 to 13. But uh, I guess without further ado, we should probably uh, talk to the man from Locked On Mavs. He is the channel manager and he currently joins us on the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline Nick Angstat, was happening, baby
4: Reggie, when's our support group meet when our co-host left like we both had a co-host leave we mm-hmm. got to start the support group when does it when does it begin
1: uh, I think that that's what we're gonna do every Sunday night is that is that fair
4: is that where we where we do this that sounds good. I'll bring the snacks this week and we'll uh, we'll meet we'll talk about how we were abandoned and then uh we'll be good
1: very good. I'm joined now though uh, as a guest a gentleman I think you know or you're familiar with Blake Elliott Nikki, what's good? Blake, how you doing? I'm chilling. I when they saw it, when I heard we were
3: talking to you tonight, I said, "Oh man, it's gonna be a good one." I started rubbing my hands like Birdman. So I'm but we're about to get into it with the mass baby.
4: Like I've, I've got to warn you. It turns out that the second place in the fan phenom is actually better than the first place. It <laughs> happens. Former second place winner.
1: It happens. Nick, Nick knows. Nick knows uh from experience. Uh but Nick, appreciate you jumping on with us as these Dallas Mavericks continue to look incredible thus far. Um with the game against um I was I want to go to the game against the Pelicans honestly. Um what what did the good you? One the
4: bad one. Yes,
1: I do want to start there because it was kind of an incredible in in like the negative way showing from Luka Doncic that I don't know that we've seen in a long time. What was your biggest takeaway from the eight turnover, sixteen point performance from Luka Doncic?
4: Yeah, I think I just say it like this. I, he sucked. He was not. He was not good. It was just a game that he was very bad in. It was a game that just we we're not used to from him, and it makes you ask the question. Can the, the I know the Mavericks can't afford for him to have a game like that. Like Who can who in the league could afford to have one of their star players like that have a game that bad with eight turnovers, he's not shooting the ball well, all that. Like It's it just no team can do it. My question is kind of, can Luka afford to have a game like that when he expects to be the best player in the NBA? Does the best player in the NBA have games like that? And I think the answer is probably no. Like I think that's where you are with it. And so he's got to get over some of that stuff. He just came out. It didn't look right. You know, they were in New Orleans for that those two games in a row. Um, I, I was there in New Orleans for the first game. Spent some time on Bourbon Street, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, I would have had eight turnovers if I tried to play a game the day after <laughs> as well. And so he's got to get over some of that kind of stuff. I think maybe maybe it's maturity, maybe it's just not coming in mentally right. He just didn't look right at all. They were throwing the same stuff at him, and all they changed was bringing in Herb Jones and him being back from injury. If that's the only difference, if like a, a slightly better defender or a, like a better one better defender is going to take you from an awesome blowout game to a terrible, awful, no good, very bad game, then like that, that's, a, that's a big question mark I've got right there.
3: Nicky, Nick, talk to me. So, I got a concern, and I'm hoping you maybe have an answer to the solution. Last year, Mavs fans were ecstatic at the play of Josh Green and Jaden Hardy, the young core of the Mavs, excluding, obviously, Luka Doncic. This year they've been on and off the court, getting minutes here and there, and then when they are on the court not being as effective as maybe Mavs fans thought they would be. What's kind of your assessment on them this year?
4: Yeah, I think when we start with Hardy, I think Hardy has been almost as effective. He hasn't been shooting the three as well as he did, but he's not been getting as much time as he did at the end of last season. You're used to seeing him at the end of last season when he had a couple of games where he played like 30 minutes. He's got some confidence. He's doing that. And right now, like, he hasn't had that much. He needs some rhythm to get into the game. And so, but I think, I mean, Jason Kidd had closed with him in a couple of games. He's, he's brought him in in big minutes and he's relied on him to be that like extra attacker. And so I think that he's still been as effective in that area. I think his defense has definitely been better than last season. It's not very hard to be better than he was defensively last season, but he's that's definitely something he's working on. And then with Josh Green, like that has been a big question mark. He signs that contract and then he just hasn't been as good. Like he went what over four the other night. He played like 30 minutes and didn't really put up any stats. He just kind of, you know, doing cardio out there, it feels like. And so that's the big question. I thought Josh Green would take this step forward, and instead of him, it's been Derek Jones Jr. that's really taken that step forward, been that guy for the Mavericks. He seemed a lot more ready for that role, and obviously Jason Kidd agreed right off the bat and started him. He's been much more ready for that role than Josh Green has. It's a long season. We'll see, but it's been 12 games, and Josh Green really hasn't shown a ton, and he hasn't really taken that step forward. He's kind of obviously, honestly, taken a step back.
1: Now, you mentioned that it's only been 12 games, and it, that's just that. Like, it's enough to kind of start getting and start making some assumptions, but nothing that we can hold on to tight to. But with that being the case, nine and three team, second in the West. Um, I asked these fine gentlemen, Blake and CA, earlier in the week, if they were buying into the Mavs being top four now. What say you? Are, are you buying into them being a top four team in the West, not just in record, but like in, in capability and play?
4: Top four in the West. So Nuggets are just by far the best team. There's just, there's no, there's no assailing them right now. I don't think anybody maybe in the league can top them, especially when they're healthy. Then you're looking at, okay, Minnesota is really taking a step forward. I don't believe in the Rockets. The Thunder are kind of tough. And then like the Lakers, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, teams that we thought would be up there. I've all had big question marks. Like the Warriors are kind of a mess right now. Steph's out with an injury. The Lakers have kind of been a mess when LeBron doesn't play, uh, whether he's in the game or not. It's been a mess. Uh, the Clippers are a huge mess. They made the James Harden trade, so now that'll take him a little while to get over. And so, I don't know. Like right now, I feel good about the Mavs uh, as a top four team against anybody. I, I feel good. If you're just talking about a playoff series, I'll bet on Luca over a lot of these other guys. Right? Like if it's if it's Mavs Timberwolves and it's the playoffs and it's. You know, game on the line, like, there's a couple minutes left. Like, I'm betting Luca makes the, makes the best shots instead of, a you know, an Anthony Edwards, even though Anthony Edwards has been excellent this year, right? Like, it's just it, – he's just that guy. <laughs> and that's why you pay him all the money. That's why you build the team around him. And I'll bet on Luca over anybody else right now.
3: Nick, talk to me about Derek Lively. I've been a big fan of his and seeing his growth and obviously the defensive presence that he's brought. What do you think his impact is that maybe fans don't see on and when he's not on the court?
4: Yeah, his impact has been insane. I just talked about it on Lockdown Mavs tonight. And they're six points per 100 possessions better on offense when he plays, and they're seven points per 100 possessions better on defense when he plays. The defense you expect, right? They're allowing less offensive rebounds from the other team. They're allowing less shots at the rim. They're you know, doing some great stuff in that, in that vein. And then on offense, that's where I've been surprised. Mavericks are actually better when he's on the court than when he's not. Some of that is because he plays a lot with Luka and Kyrie. That's, you know, that's, that's a big difference but he's not been a negative on offense at all. And that's where I thought that they would really have a problem. But you saw that game against the Wizards. I mean, he can, he can finish at the rim. He can, he can fly down the floor. He just, he's just been a great lob catch, like threat that we knew he was going to be. And then he's also been a really, be, a really good passer. Like when Luka gets trapped or when Kyrie gets doubled, like he's been the guy in the middle to break the zone, to break the trap, like to break that and to kick out to the right shooter and make the right pass. Like his passing has been – such a high level that I did not expect from a center and from a 19 year old center at that. And so like all that stuff, I think has just made him a really effective guy for the Mavericks. And we, I mean, how long have the Mavericks fans and, you know, people in the media like been begging for the Mavericks just to get a guy like this, just get a, a big guy that can rim roll, that can do something here and there. And like, they he finally got that guy.
1: Now when we're talking to Nick Engstat of locked on Mavs right here on 105 through the fan, Blake asked a, a really interesting question earlier in the week, and I kind of want to phrase it to you because this team obviously is not complete. They still would probably need some pieces or a piece um, if they want to really contend for a championship. Should that, you know, come the trade deadline or what have you, what kind of piece would you be interested in for this team um, as you currently look at it?
4: Yeah, they've been a mess in two areas. They, they need an elite Wing defender in some way, shape, or form, an elite wing or guard defender. Honestly, I'd take either at this point. Just somebody that can be that. Grant Williams has been fine. He's great in his role. Derek Jones Jr. has been fine. He's great in his role. But they just need that to take that next step forward. You need an elite player at that area. And you need an elite wing defender. You need an OG Ananobi. You need you know, a guy like that that can come in. and do, A Jaden McDaniel. Somebody that can come in and defend the other team's best wing guy. Um, Derek Jones Jr. has tried, Josh Green has tried, like they've been okay, but it just hasn't been that elite level that you expect and what you'd hope this Mavericks team would get to. The other one is probably a backup center, you know, somebody else that can come in. And so when lively has foul trouble or when the Mavericks are getting killed on the boards in some areas, somebody could come in and help them. And so, you know, an Andre Drummond, or, you know, if Jonas Valanciunas becomes available and he decides to come off the bench, like somebody like that, you know, there's not many, there's not many players honestly that fit that bill of, All right, we need somebody that's going to be good and be a backup center, but also be a backup center. You know, be a backup center, and you're also good. Like, it's just hard to find that right now because the drop-off from centers is really steep. Nikki, what is your
3: thoughts on Timmy? So, obviously, the Mavs in the offseason, fans were speculating on him being he was in every trade rumor known to man. But he's been hooping this season off the bench in the the six-man-of-the-year award race do you think the Mavs are thinking, hey, he's going to keep his hot streak up? Or do you see it cooling off and them using him as trade bait?
4: Yeah, the thoughts are, I think that he's been way better than everybody thought. And he's been so good that at this point, like, I don't think you can trade him unless you know exactly like you're getting something guaranteed back. Through the offseason, we thought that the Mavs would you know, trade him. He thought he was going to get traded. Everybody thought he was going to get traded but they thought he would be traded and bring back something like, all right, we we can try this. It'll be an experiment. It'll be fine. You're not losing a whole lot. If you lose Tim right now, he's averaging 19 points a game. He's shooting really well from the floor and he's doing really good stuff when he has the ball in his hands, which has been different than in the past. And so now you go, all right, well, if we lose Tim, we've got to get something guaranteed back. And that makes a trade so much different, right? You can't just trade him for something. You have to trade him for something that you know, and something that you know is going to make you better in a different area because replacing his scoring right now would would kind of be tough. Like how many players in the NBA are averaging about 19 points. He's averaging three points less a game than Kyrie. Like, We're talking about a guy that really is affecting the Mavericks bottom line and they need somebody else. If they're going to make a trade with him, that would affect the bottom line too.
1: Now, Nick uh, obviously 12 games under your belt as in Mavs. um, You start to test some things, but everybody will acknowledge it's been a relatively soft schedule. What, What things would you like to see stress tested? relatively soon for these Mavs?
4: Yeah, I'd like to see them play against some playoff teams, maybe some West playoff teams. I'd like to see them go on the road and play some games. And, oh, look, that's exactly what the Mavericks' next five games is. They're playing at Milwaukee, home for Sacramento on the second night of a back-to-back, at the Lakers, at the Clippers, and then home for Houston. Like, that that right there, just those next four games take out Houston, but just those next four games, Milwaukee, Sacramento, Lakers, Clippers, that's a great test. Like, that is a really great test to see – Is it just been soft schedule? Did the Mavericks only raise their floor? Like if they play these guys tough and they lose to all all of them, maybe the Mavericks just raise their floor. But if they win some of these games, they look real good in a lot of them, then maybe the Mavs raise their ceiling too. And that's something I think we're going to find out maybe in the next four games.
3: Nick, a little bit of a fun one for you. What are your thoughts on the end season courts, especially when the Mavs are playing on them or lack their playing on them at home?
4: Well, the only funny part about these in-season courts has been that the Mavericks seem to not want to play on them, which I think is kind of hilarious. <laughs> they're like, we kind of hope that, they, that the one for the Mavericks doesn't get fixed because we don't want to play on it because it was malfunctioning, like it wasn't working for them. They're a dead spot. There's all kinds of weird stuff in it. And so I find that hilarious that they're like, yeah, we just hope that it doesn't get fixed and then it is what it is. I don't think they <laughs> like, like
3: the, the Nerf courts, the purple courts.
4: Yeah, that, that purple court was weird. The red ones are, are really strange to me, too. Like, they just really... I kind of like the Jazz had, like, a pink one, like, a purple-pink one the other day. I'm, I'm kind of for that. Like, there's a couple of them that I kind of like, but, th- I mean, it's just it's just so abrasive on TV when you watch them.
1: Court designer Nick Angstad, what what would you, if you get to build one from scratch, what are you trying to do with the in-season tournament court?
4: Man, I I, I like the, the design of the courts. Like, I like the idea of trying new ones. It's just that the, the colors that they picked are just are so like I said abrasive like it was almost as if they said you know what you guys can only pick primary colors and you can only <laughs> pick those hues that are like exactly as they are and so maybe like you know some like a little muted maybe something a little less sharp like I think that I would go in that direction probably uh and then maybe stay true to some of the teams like some of the team's colors that they're picking are not necessarily even their colors so I'm, I'm looking at some of that stuff
1: he's Nick Angstad he's a lot he's the, he's the Channel manager for Locked On Mavs. Uh Nick, I appreciate your time, my man. And I guess uh, will I'll see you at the support club on, on
4: Saturday on Sunday, rather. I'll bring the snacks and I'll see you there.
1: All right.
3: Appreciate you, man. Uh it was a pleasure, Nikki. Hopefully I'll see you soon, brother.
4: Thank you. Is he still there? Yeah, uh drop the nickname. It's good. Just uh, w- wow, wow. Wow. No, Nikki.
1: He did he did wait all the way through. He tried to he tried to let you have it for a little while and okay. he was like, I'm not. I'm not feeling the Nikki. It's all good. It's it's still the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan coming up next. Let's have a little sharing time. We'll discuss next on 105.3 The Fan. The Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you. Sitting alongside the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Appreciate you for riding with us on this Thursday evening on 105.3 The Fan. Your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Uh, Thursday night football happening in Baltimore. Supposed to be a really good one. Unfortunately, a couple of injuries. And us. have us. Have made it a little bit less intriguing. The Baltimore Ravens lead 27-13 to 13 as Joe Burrow leaves this game. Uh, Mark Andrews also leaves this game. Um, and we've just kind of kept an eye on it. And thus far, the Ravens doing what they need to do. Not really doing it at like an incredibly high level, although running the ball very Running well, the ball very well. I will well. say. Um, but... Lamar Jackson, been fine, hasn't been bad, but, you know, there's there's been instances where probably could have made a better decision, but, hey, maybe I'm nitpicking for a Thursday night game where, you know, you have a four-day turnaround from your your weekend. Uh, but anyways, uh, like I said, to so Get Right. Um, coming up in about uh, 15 minutes, we'll get you your headlines on this Thursday evening, but right now, let's have a little sharing time, and I don't know, I guess I'll give you first dibs again um, okay, okay. as we're... Try Get involved in, in the conversation on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. But, Blake, what you got? Okay, so I took it back, went to Twitter, to X,
3: whatever you want to call it, and I stumbled across a little thread by Paul Fieri. And it says a list of predictions made in 1923, which was 100 years ago, about 2023. And so I'll read some out, and you can tell me if these bode true or if they were out of their mind back in the day. First one, the workday will be four hours long.
1: Ah, yeah, really swinging a miss there. I-, I do love what they were thinking, right? They were like, oh, man, all we got to do is figure out how to be more efficient. Yep. And then we just have to work less. And apparently what they didn't realize is that they were like, oh, y'all are more efficient. We can get more stuff. We can get more. We can get more money. I will and say. Man, like, y'all got to keep, uh, get back to the mines. With AI, though, you never know nowadays. It is kind of cutting the workload you're, for some people. So you're looking at a prediction that happened 100 years ago. You're going to fall for the same okie doke I'm just saying okay. they, they might Very not good. be too far off. Okay, next the one. Old, the only reason that we work five days right now and 40 hours is because there were some folks that put their foot down and were like, enough. Enough. No. Enough of these 14-hour days. C-9. I don't want it anymore.
3: Okay. All people will be beautiful. Therefore, beauty contests will be unnecessary.
1: Stay true. Huh. That's an interesting one. Chris, how, how do you feel about this? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth. I'm like, there are some ways that we feel like everybody's beautiful, but no.
2: Man, everyone's no. beautiful no. in God's eyes. There you no. go. Now well, that's that's God you God a banger. Bless but your
3: heart. The fact that they thought beauty contests will be unnecessary is kind of interesting because they were obviously... Very much going on back then. Next one. Life expectancy in the US will be at least 300 years. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's and right. right now in the USA, I looked it up before this, it is 77.7 7 years of age. Close. What is it? In? We were close. No, I was saying, oh, okay. I thought I was like, wait, did I get we, the number wrong? No, no,
1: no. We got close. We, we got, got close. Yeah, we're only like a good couple hundred off. we close. I do find that hilarious. I don't, they were like, medicine's going to be so great. And it's like, hey, you realize that we're all so self-destructive, right? Speaking on medicine, the next one says, cancer will be eradicated.
3: And as much as I would love for that to be true, R. P. Paw, I just,
1: and the fact that it's not sucks, but we're still not there somehow. We're yeah, still we, not there. Still getting there. Yeah, we got to make sure that we got pills that can make you downstairs happy. Those are more important, clearly. <laughs> Okay, here's a little funny a prior- one. Priorities. That's for, look, man, clearly. Clearly our priorities have been straight thus far with all these predictions. Men
3: will curl their hair and women will shave their heads as gender identity becomes mixed.
1: Ain't no way that's for real. I, they I really pro- did. That's they, they hit that. We shout out to 1923. 19- shout out to 1923. That's a yeah, hit final. I think out
2: of the six that you've said so far, that's the first one. Yeah, great like,
1: job 1923. <laughs>
2: good job
3: they knew what they were talking about on that one there's a there's I think there's a and that
1: you know what they hit that one kind of early because you remember when dudes was you know perm the hair yep, like talking yep. about 60, 70 yeah no we they, they they got that one early they didn't we didn't even have to hit 100 years I think we're
3: gonna the next couple ones are also I think on the mark okay the USA will have a population of 300 million. Fair
1: go. enough. I think that that's basic modeling would have mm-hmm. gotten you there, but mm-hmm. good job modeling it out 100 years ago. It's currently at
3: 331 million.
1: They were doing computation by hands and they uh, by hand and they made it happen. Good job.
3: And last two to finish this out, newspapers will be out of business for 50 years. So mark us back 50 years. They would have said it would already
1: have been out of business. So it's not quite, not but quite. Uh, unfortunately, folks are trying.
2: Yeah, shout it, out the Capital J journalists out there still. Still raucous.
1: Still doing what you yeah. can. Shout out to Carissa Thompson. It's it's definitely on- <laughs> <laughs> what what happened. Not, <laughs> as, not as
2: much of a capital. Oh really? Oh um, my bad. I've heard.
3: It's obviously on the downtrend. I don't think that's breaking news, but it is not completely out of business yet, and it definitely hasn't been for 50 years. And then last one to finish this off is before I pass this off to Reg. People will communicate using watch size radio telephones. Pretty much pretty much pretty
1: much they predicted they predicted the uh the smartphone in a way
3: the simpsons oh I could, I could do a whole thing on the simpsons predicting stuff but these were just i guess regular people putting stuff in the paper and they weren't too far off the mark other than the well, life expectancy life work.
1: yeah who do i got to talk to about this workday thing because i'm really i would really love a four day a four four hour a week workday
2: i mean we have some people working out there for 30 hours a week so shout out to them but yeah, it still seems far away. You know,
1: like, this is not really This doesn't really have to be a my job is better than your job. I feel like we should all be working four hours a week. Like, <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this isn't a, well, I work harder, so I deserve it. I feel like we should all be working four hours a week. But you know how much things I could get done? Do you know how many stuffs I can get done? How much hoops? Brother, hoops. I could read some books. Yep. Catch up on some of these TV shows. Man, yep. it'd be great. <sighs> all right. Thanks. That was a fantastic uh, thing to share. I appreciate you bringing that little futurist thread to the table. Um, This, I guess, could be considered some level of futurism as um apparently the future is now. If you live in Oregon, though, where the headline reads, the humble trash truck is ready for an all electric upgrade. Gentlemen, mm. ooh, apparently Oregon has their first battery powered garbage truck. And so what's happening is that they have like a new powerful electric vehicle that's uh, roaming the streets of Portland, Oregon in particular. And it has a 400 kilowatt hour battery pack. Don't ask me exactly what that is because I'm not going to act like <laughs> I know. Um, but it is a, it's a battery power power truck and it's the first of its kind in the state. Uh, COR, Core Disposal and Recycling, owns and operates the vehicle. I believe they have a few of them. And um, early earlier this month at a ceremony with uh, the utility Portland General Electric, they unveiled them. Uh, it's a zero emissions model. So obviously, that's saving that's the world. Good. Except right? for the
2: batteries, maybe. I don't know.
1: Trying to make sure. Yeah, look, man. Disposal batteries, those things. <laughs> we, could, dig them up. we could talk about those things if we want to be fair. And I appreciate that you brought them up. But um, at least when it comes down to the basic operations, that's I mean, it's better, right? Um, <clears throat> so apparently it will be collecting trash in East Portland, which is actually an area that's disproportionately affected by toxic diesel exhaust. So it's like, hey, that's let's 50. let's cut back on some of that. Um, so obviously uh, it's a 66 pound, 66,000 pound uh, trash hauler. It's unique, but it's not the only garbage truck. Like I said, there's a uh, battery pow- powered models that are gaining traction in cities and towns out there. So um, as of last or late June, rather, 48 zero emission refuse trucks have been de- deployed all the way across the country. Now gentlemen, one of the things that I was thinking about when it came down to this. It all sounds fine and good. But you know what I know what I was thinking about as like a um negative consequence, a negative unintended uh, consequence because you know sometimes we create things and we're like, "Oh man, this is going to be all great." And you find out, "Oh, there's actually some bad here." Here's the bad. Uh-oh. I don't know if y'all were like me when I was growing up. When you're supposed to put the trash out at night, And you didn't.
3: Oh, you're done for.
1: And you woke up in the morning because you heard that (laughs) coming down the street. And you're like, oh, God, I got to get out and put this trash out. It's over for you. Mama slippers. Right. How, How am I supposed to hear the trash truck coming down the street? If it's just an electric truck just humming, oh, you got to. That's so you're you know so what I mean. Right. So you like gotta we hear that. we got to put forward, like forward thinker. Like, you see that, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I feel like there's gonna be lots of uh, lots of mischievous kids, or not even mischievous, just lazy, right? Like I was just lazy. I wasn't mischievous. It wasn't no malice that I was there. But you know, lots of kids in the general Portland area are just gonna wake up and find out they didn't put the trash out, and maybe even wake up to. I mean, well, some whoopings or some uh, some harsh harsh words because they didn't put the trash out, and all they needed was just. To, you know, just the noise. Like we, maybe we need to do this like the the uh, trash truck is like the ice cream, ice cream truck mm-hmm. now where we put like a siren of some sorts to yeah. let you know. Hey, get that trash out. Get that trash out because the engine is not doing
3: it. Can, for you, can you imagine hearing the siren and you think it's the ice cream truck and you go outside and it's the well, garbage I- can? <laughs> <laughs> <I> was- <laughs> you run outside with money and oh, it's just the green garbage All right, can. So I,
1: I, in my head, I wasn't thinking that we use the exact same uh, song, but you know what? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> do, 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 do. Bring your trust outside. Do, 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 do. Nah, uh, but no, I I thought that that was incredible. That you know we do have that that coming through, that truck coming through, um, and apparently like relatively inexpensive for the situation. Like it's it, it is expensive to like you know obviously build and have originally, but. You talk about the emissions, you talk about the upkeep, those types of things. Um, Is it still going to have people on the back, like the regular ones? Oh, I feel like you still got to have somebody that's, to put the trash in, right? That's the best
3: part. I think that's, like, the number one job anyone could want. I just think that's really? just a, such
1: a— garbage, Garbage man or woman?
3: It's so underrated and overhated, like, I, I just feel like that's a dream job. Honestly, mm-hmm. you got your headphones on. Who's going to, like, say anything to you? Like, other than people bringing out their
1: trash let you get to do your
3: own yeah, thing. The
1: tough thing about that, they be waking up early. Yeah. That that is that is I look a lot of respect to all of those manual laborers that do the things that if we did not have them, society would fall apart. Cause let that trash truck not come oh, two weeks in a row. It. Whole neighborhood would fall apart. Your your house is is a is a problem. Oh yeah. Is a problem. And so it's always it's always great when folks come through, but man, that's that's hard work, man. Are they be you? up early, they be out here in this cold. All that.
3: Does your apartment have valet trash, like where you put it outside your door? No. So
1: i walk that thing to the dumpster. So mine has that. Have you ever had valet trash before, or you always had to walk to the dumpster? I've seen it. I I have had friends who have had valet trash. I I, I ain't nice like that. No, valet trash. Apparently, Blake is living good.
3: That's nice to know. No, not good enough. Still far away, but valet trash is just such a game changer. But I'm not going to lie. I miss being at my mama's house and having the old school trash can or garbage can come by. I was friends with them. That's why maybe I have a little bit of uh, bias. Okay, yeah, I was like
1: <laughs> I actually saw like a video uh earlier this week of like some kid that just waits outside every every trash day and they say hi to the to the trash man. Hey man, they need friends too. And shout out shout out to the trash man for also being like a staple of the community on top of picking up people's nastiness because and you know what I hate while we're doing this? If you'll allow me to complain. Go ahead. The people that understanding that the trash man's job is a little tough or woman right uh let's be inclusive inclusive. um then they like don't keep it tidy like they got trash Mm. all strewn about yeah not not keeping it together like now this person got to stop the whole truck and spend all this time get when really they should be able to cruise by Grab however many bags, throw them in, and keep it pushing. Got like, to rewind the podcast. Got it. Got distracted. Yeah, you got to be more considered. I agree, Reg. Shout out to the 817 who said, why limit to kids? Sometimes I just forget, and that loud truck engine saves me <laughs> from a pile of garbage. That's yep, true. Yep. And you know what's worse? I remember the times where, like, you would have a party, and so you'd have extra trash. Yep. And you miss the trash thing. And it's just like we are we're swimming in trash now. We live the trash owns the house yep. at this point. So uh shout out to the electric truck. Uh, just a little note. Let's let's see if we can put like a speaker on that thing. Maybe we can even jam, right? Maybe we Come can on. put a jam out. So at least, you know, if we wake you up early to try and get your maybe get some smooth trash jazz. Up. Smooth jazz. Well, I, we're trying to wake people up. And I say that as a lover of smooth jazz. We're not playing Dave Cause. We're not doing that. No Kenny G. <laughs> That's not going to help people realize I forgot my trash. Are you thinking more heavy metal rock? Huh. Okay, text in. Text in what songs or what genre of music do you think would be great for the uh for the the electric uh trash truck? Yeah, let's see if we can maybe workshop this. I'll send it to Portland. We can get this done. Yeah. Let's yeah. see if we can do our civic duties. Country right could here. rock. Country could do there it. There you go. On the yeah. get right on 1053 the fan. Thank you for sharing with me. Uh appreciate you, gentlemen. For riding that out with me. Be coming up next. We'll get you caught up on your headlines on this Thursday evening on the Get Right on 105 Through the Fan.